Support for Under the Radar comes from Wellwithall. Wellwithall believes that self-care is community care. Premium products crafted for your daily wellness, from sleep support to heart health to your daily regimen. 20% of Wellwithall's profits are committed to leading the fight for health equity. They won't stop until it is truly Wellwithall. I'm Callie Crossley, and this is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. And now for the part of the show we call Lanyap. That's Creole for something extra. There will be plenty of music at this weekend's Puerto Rican Festival of Massachusetts, back for its 55th annual celebration. The three-day event kicks off this Friday at Franklin Park with a schedule packed with traditional music, food, dance troops, and parade floats. The fourth largest Puerto Rican festival in the nation is both steeped in tradition and in passing on cultural pride to the next generations. Joining me now, Marilyn Rivera, board vice president and pageant director for the Puerto Rican Festival of Massachusetts. Welcome, Marilyn. Thank you. Also with me, Nimze Vasquez, the Puerto Rican Festival of Massachusetts 2022 pageant queen. Hi, Nimze. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. And also with me, Dr. Lorna Rivera, director of UMass Boston's Mauricio Gaston Institute for Latino Community Development and Public Policy. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Rivera. Thank you for having me. Let's start with you, Marilyn. I am just very interested in how long you've been associated with the festival and how you have risen now to be really the top dog at organizing it all. <laughs> so <laughs> give us a little bit of your back history with the festival. Sure. I Well, I started as a volunteer uh, three years ago. And then from there, they said if I can help run one of the uh, programs that they were having for December, which is Festival Navideño. And then six months later, they asked me to be the vice president. And then... Maybe a year later, they asked me to run the uh, pageant. So I got promoted pretty quickly there. No kidding. So I want you to describe what the festival is like for someone who's never gone. It's It's been sort of part of Boston's history for so long, but a lot of people have never attended. Oh, it's one of the biggest things is our music, uh, educating people about our music, our food, our traditional clothing. You know, we have all kinds of people coming from all over the place as far as even California. We do expect over 50,000 people coming to this um, three-day event. Okay, so fourth largest Puerto Rican festival in the country. That's yes. amazing. Yes. Uh, I think people would have thought every place else, but not here. How did it come to be so? Because as you said, people are traveling here. They could just as easily go elsewhere because there are other festivals during the year in other places. I think one of the things is that the educational part, you know, the word gets out. One of the things that they really enjoy is the uh, parade. We have one of the, a very large parade with all kinds of floats. We uh, all the type of people that come in and we want to be part of this. And when people hear us all over how we advertise it, they're like, I want to learn 
this culture. I want to eat the food that they're bringing. Uh, so it's become a keystone for us uh, for 55 years that it just began as a small location in Boston and now it's grown to over 50,000 people attending. Okay. We're going to get back to the pageant in just a second, but uh, Dr. Lorna Rivera, I want to talk to you about uh, Puerto Rican festivals in general, and this one in particular, um, and their import and um, how they came to be so important. Yeah, well, definitely having festivals like the Puerto Rican festival is a way of, you know, maintaining uh, the unique cultural identity that, that Puerto Ricans have. Uh, many people don't know, and we saw that after Hurricane Maria, that Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory, and Puerto Ricans are U.S. citizens, um, you know, following the Spanish-American War in 1898 is what really set that stage for, you know, um, Puerto Ricans to, to be citizens. And in Massachusetts, we do have the fifth largest Puerto Rican population in the country. Um, so people don't know that as well. And, you know, many Puerto Ricans started coming here um, in the early 20th century um, to, you know, work in, as seasonal agricultural workers, like in places like Southbridge and Holyoke and in Springfield. Uh, so there's a rich history of, of many uh, Puerto Ricans, you know, uh, living here um, for, for decades. And so these festivals, not just in, in Boston or Massachusetts, they, they're a way of, you know, organizing, you know, ourselves in, in solidarity, you know, embracing um, our culture, celebrating, right, the contributions that, that we make to our local communities. So was there any specific thing that prompted the folks back in 1967 to say, we're going to make a festival that's going to do all the things you just said? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the history of Puerto Ricans has been, you know, resistance against colonization and imperialism. And, and when, you know, migration to places like New York and in Boston South End, like Via Victoria, Puerto Ricans were facing displacement um, of, of our communities. And so having these organizations that really helped people, just provided mutual aid even, was also about preserving our culture and and by being able to live in communities together and Via Victoria in Boston South End is a is a great example and a testament to how Puerto Ricans came together under threat of being displaced their housing being destroyed and to make place for a highway you know and for other developments um, it's sort of the history of Puerto Ricans on the island today, but we see that, again, these, these types of organizations are also about preserving mm -hmm. our cultural heritage. Okay. Probably a lot of folks uh, don't know that there are first, under the umbrella of Latino, many different ethnicities and groups, but of the under the umbrella, Puerto Ricans make up the largest number of Latinos in Massachusetts. Yes, correct. In fact, after Hurricane Maria, more people came to Massachusetts than they did to New York. Uh, so there's there's also a continuing migration of Puerto Ricans, given the economic situation in, in Puerto Rico and also what happened, you know, after Hurricane Maria. So we're we're present, we're large, and and we're still, you know, uh, migrating here in large numbers. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so back to you, Marilyn Rivera, because you're not only the festival board vice president, you're the pageant director. So some people may be (laughs) unaware that there's a pageant. In fact, really speak to the fact that it's not one thing. I think I thought it was a parade and that's it. So this is three days of festivities. Yes, we do have a three-day uh, festivity, and one of the biggest days is Sunday. And I, I think because we have not had it for two years, I think we're going to have a bigger crowd this year. Oh, I'm, I'm going to guess so. But part, <laughs> but part of the festival is the pageant. So tell us about that before yes. we meet the pageant queen. So um, how has the pageant been a part of the festivities from the beginning for 55 years? Um, they started a few years. I'm not exactly the day, the year that they started, but it has been for a very long time. And they usually it's a cultural pageant, so they don't base it on beauty. Uh, what they do is each girl representing town in Puerto Rico and the cultural they dress and, uh, you know, create that outfit based on that town that they represent. Um, and then they do based on a gala dress and before the older girls uh, interview. Um, and then that girl, the winners, we have age between five and, you know, 10, 11 to 15 and 16 to 21. And each girl from each categories will be like the parade. And of course, all year round represent the Puerto Rican Festival of Massachusetts. So I did not forget you, Nimze Vasquez, uh, the 2022 pageant queen. Uh, but what I wanted people to understand, because the festival hasn't uh, happened in a couple of years, you've never been to the festival. You are the queen and you won the pageant and you're going to attend, but uh, you've not uh, had that experience yet. Correct. I had the opportunity to compete in a pageant in my local hometown, and I was in a a festival there, but not nearly as big as this one. So I'm excited. So tell me what you had to do to get prepared, what town you're representing, what did you wear, what did you say when they ask you the big question, so that you ascended to be queen? (laughs) Yes. So... For preparing, um, we had the questions and we also had practice every Saturday. So we would go to practice every Saturday um, with our pageant coach and practice our modeling. Uh, But back at home for, I would say, I would say every day I practice my questions. Uh, There was a total of, I think, seven and we were asked to the day of. So what I do is I write them down on Quizlet and I kind of study them like flashcards. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, that seems to work for me, uh, but everybody's different. What I wore for my cultural outfit on the front was uh, my representation of my town, Juana Diaz, and it was gold, and it also symbolized one of the most powerful caciques, which is um, Chief Anacaona. On the back, I had a, like a tribute to Puerto Rico, a big Puerto Rican flag on my cape, so that was really nice to show off. And tell me, where is your town If I'm looking at the island of Puerto Rico, give me some landmarks about where your town is located. Um, I have actually never been to Puerto Rico, so I can't tell you specific things, but um, I know that it's located towards the bottom of Puerto Rico. My mom is from there, and so is my grandmother. so. So that's how you came to represent that town? Yes, correct. Okay. All right. Very good. So has it been fun, even before you get to the festival, being the pageant queen? Yes, it's always fun before you get to the festival. Um, I have learned so many lessons, not only about myself, but also about communication skills, leadership, interviews, and poise. Pageantry is a doorway for like those who want to be on stage and give back, and of course, learn more about themselves and their culture. 
Well, my goodness, you you certainly are very mature. Um, so you're 19 and about to have a birthday, right? Yes, my birthday is August 12th. All right. Well, uh, that's good enough to be queen of uh, the Massachusetts uh, Puerto Rican Festival of uh, 2022. I'm Callie Crossley, and you're listening to Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. I'm joined by Marilyn Rivera of the Puerto Rican Festival of Massachusetts, Festival Pageant Queen Nimze Vasquez, and Dr. Lorna Rivera of the Gaston Institute for Latino Community Development and Public Policy. We're discussing the Puerto Rican culture, pride, and celebration here in Massachusetts. So I want to go to some sound. And this is Tim Esteliz. Uh He was speaking with a number of people in 2010 at the Puerto Rican Festival back then. Um, and you know what we really want to hear from? The food vendors. So here he is talking to some food vendors uh, about what they were offering back in 2010. Okay, we're cooking a fried pork. That's a yuca, like cassava with onions. That's meal balls. That's a beans and that's a right we can do this. It's a lot of labor, a lot of labor where a lot of love, but you know what? It translates with all the people here today. Okay, so from you three, what what's your favorite thing? I know um, you haven't been there, uh, Nimze, but you did your local one. So what's your favorite thing that you're looking forward to eating at the festival? Um, and maybe you can even tell me what's always popular. I'll start with you, Marilyn. Oh, I love the pork pork rolls with the rice and beans and empanadas. Um, and of course, when they have coquitos and piña coladas, uh, like that's what I look forward to having every day. Ooh, coquitos. All righty. Uh, <laughs> what are you looking forward to? Um, I'm definitely looking forward to those piña coladas um, and the, the pinchos. <laughs> okay, very good. And uh, Dr. Rivera, what are you looking forward to? This is great. I love this question. There's so many choices. Um, I love what are called bacalaitos. They're fried salted cod and they're just amazing and they're huge. So it's worth it. <laughs> uh, Dr. Rivera, are there any cultural, let's say, loud discussions about the proper way to make uh, any one of the foods that's traditional? <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, we have these things called pasteles, which... Um, you know, every family, it's like making tamales, like mm -hmm. with Mexican families. And so it depends on how many guineos or, you know, yautia or whatever, you know, root vegetables you use. Um, there's different recipes for it. So, yeah, pasteles are a big one of the dishes that people are really proud to compete. Who has the best pasteles? <laughs> um, I already know there's secret recipes for coquitos, so that's why I'm like, Oh, that yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, here is also uh, reported to Mestelaz speaking about the variety of music at the Puerto Rican Festival. Again, this is in 2010. So let's take a listen and we'll talk about that. What kind of music are we going to be having out here? Well, for my show being Bilingual Multicultural Entertainment, we're bringing multicultural acts. So it's not just Latino, we're bringing R&B, we're bringing uh, a little bit of different hip-hop, reggaeton, bachata, merengue, and of course, uh, hip-hop. So it's a little bit of everything. All right, Nimsey, I'm going to let you lead on this one. I hear it's uh, bamba uh, to reggaeton. What's, what's happening there? Tell me about the music. There were, before there were music and like dance styles like salsa or merengue, there was bomba. Uh, this mm -hmm. was actually one of my pageant questions. 
Um, Bomba was brought to Puerto Rico by our enslaved African ancestors hundreds of years ago, and it can be played with great enthusiasm or have a more solemn and spiritual approach. Um, it was our ancestors' method of expressing themselves, and although it originated in Puerto Rico, its roots stretch all across the Caribbean. Look at you! I love it! <laughs> uh, uh, Dr. Lorna Rivera, you must be proud of that cultural response. I know. Is she the professor on the call or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the professor, so what do you say about the music uh, at the festival? <laughs> Well, that's wonderful. Of course, yeah, we have, you know, the plena and the bomba, um, which as she, you know, explained perfectly, um, you know, is part of our cultural traditions with our African roots. But also, you know, the reggaeton, like a lot of people also don't understand the role of Puerto Ricans in that in that um, music genre as well, you know. It's, it's associated, even salsa music, right, is associated with New York. And so there's going to be a great range. And then what I love about this year's musicians is you have like the second and third generations of some of our biggest um, stars, like Frankie Ruiz Jr. And, you know, so it's, it's going to be a really incredible lineup. And again, showing that diversity, right, of the music genres. And Marilyn, um, you're an old hand at this now, uh, <laughs> and you're leading the whole show. So what about the music for you? Um, like Dr. Rivera said, we, we try to be very diverse with uh, to serve every population that we're going to have there. Let's keep in mind that a lot of people has been coming there for, you know, 55 years. So they're like in their 70s. So we have to serve that population, but we also have to serve the younger population. So we do have, like Friday night, we'll be serving more the younger population. And then Saturday and Sunday will be much more, you know, older group population music. So we want to be very diverse when it comes to that. Okay. Now, as we've talked, there there's a whole educational piece to this. It's a lot of fun, and uh, but there are uh, messages and information that uh, even as a part of Nimze's uh, pageantry, uh, she's putting across, as we've seen evidence of just a few minutes ago. Um, and I wanted to ask all of you about passing it on to Nimze's generation. Have you seen over time, Marilyn, I'll start with you, um, that young people are just as interested in preserving this tradition as some of the older folks who might have been here when the early ones happened? Well, I have to say this year I've seen it more, maybe because I'm much more involved with the uh, festival and the pageant, uh, seeing that these girls seem to be extremely happy to learn the culture, uh, learn the music, learn everything about it. And uh, we hope that the, the new generation continues to really embrace that and, you know, attend as many functions, especially like now we're bringing out a lot with Tainos, which I think that is something that wasn't brought up before and I say that because I'm trying to implement my daughter to be part of all that as well as you know to learn that uh, part of the Puerto Rican uh, heritage. Mm -hmm. um, Dr. Rivera, what do you say? Yeah, you know, I think that the Black Lives Matter movement in Puerto Rico and also, you know, in our commun local communities was also something that Puerto Ricans can really connect to that, you know, ident who identify with their Afro-Puerto Rican culture. Um, so the youth activism, too, around climate change, both, you know, locally and also in Puerto Rico, there's there's a lot of hope there with you know, just environmental justice movements um, as, as really a tie. I think there's been more younger people here now from Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria that are now, you know, like 
you know, with the first generations here and the second generations kind of, you know, being together again, um, these families reuniting, um, that's where the, you know, we preserve the culture, right? We transfer that knowledge to the next generation. So, you know, these, these festivals are a way of bringing, bringing those generations together. So, Nimze, do you see that? Do you, obviously, you're a person, a young person, very much involved in, in keeping up this tradition. But among your friends, do you see that there is an interest in preserving this tradition? Yeah, I definitely do believe that there is an interest in preserving the community and getting to know a little bit more about your background. Um, since I have never been to Puerto Rico, this is a really good way for me to get involved with my community. Um, I'm all about like giving it back and paying it forward and doing the right thing. Pageantry gives you the opportunity to network with numerous organizations and work with them and help them spread awareness and so much more. And you don't even need a crown or, or a sash to do these things. Okay. But you have a crown and a sash, just saying. <laughs> um, all right, Marilyn, I have a very serious question to ask you. <laughs> if I say, yo soy Boricua, what do you say back? <laughs> so let's say what we're we're talking about. So my bad pronunciation, but you're so yeah. Boricua, I am Puerto Rican. And then the crowd says back. <laughs> and that means so you know. So you know. <laughs> Dr. Rivera, is that how you answer as well? Should you be asked that question? Yes, and sometimes people say, "Palante siempre" or "Wepa." You know, there's Wepa. <laughs> okay, tell me what that means. <laughs> oh gosh, what does "Wepa" mean? Marilyn, it doesn't me. even have. It just means "Hooray!" I guess for us, it doesn't have a translation. But we just we keep using that word a lot because we're so proud of being a Puerto Rican that we we use it every every minute. So, but it doesn't have a trans translation. Okay, but there's a lot of Puerto Rican pride when the, when the, when this chance gets going, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Nimze, were you familiar with this? Yes, I'm familiar with WIPA. That's yeah, that's definitely a Puerto Rican thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, next time I'll have my pronunciation a little bit better. How about that? What uh, what do you think uh, might stand out this year, particularly since it's been two years, Marilyn, since the festival? happened um is there will there be a moment where that's acknowledged or what's happening there i think one of the things that we're doing this year that has been different is that we're having for the first time the military band come in to uh be part of it it's a, a latino military band so i think that's something that we show that we also support that uh the other thing that we're supporting that we're going to have a lot of also in part of this parade is the uh, lgbtq a uh, couple organizations that are going to be part of this parade um and also one of the bringing older music, which uh, we really went back pretty old music, but I think that's something that people have been asking for. Oh, wonderful. Um, anything that you've heard about that'll be new this year, Dr. Rivera? Well, no, it's actually just, it's not new, but it's bringing it back to Franklin Park is really important. You know, I think that that's, that was also um, a change that I missed just being there, you know, in the community. So, um, you know, I, the last parade I went to was on Boylston Street. It just wasn't the same, you know, going to towards Boston Common there. Uh, so I, I appreciate that the organizers have brought it back to Franklin Park. 
and Nimze, I wish you your first and most wonderful Puerto Rican festival, Madam Queen. Thank you. <laughs> and I thank you all for joining me. Thank you. Marilyn Rivera is the board vice president and pageant director for the Puerto Rican Festival of Massachusetts. Nimze Vasquez is the Puerto Rican Festival of Massachusetts 2022 pageant queen. And Dr. Lorna Rivera is director of UMass Boston's Mauricio Gaston Institute for Latino Community Development and Public Policy. That's it for this week's edition of Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. Listen to us online at GBH News or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Twitter and Facebook to stay up to date with our programming. Under the Radar with Callie Crossley is a production of GBH, produced by Hannah Ubele and engineered by Dave Goodman. Eli Chavez is our intern. We're going out on Vivir Mi Vida, Live My Life, sung by Grammy and Latin Grammy singer, songwriter, and proud Puerto Rican Mark Anthony. Listen again on Thursday and see you here at 6 p.m. next Sunday for a new episode. I'm Callie Crossley. Thanks for listening. Para limpiar las heridas, I'm